Most estimates suggest that about 90% of news is negative. And a recent study found that even brief exposure to negative things have emotional consequences. You know, so, and none of us are, you know, safe from it. You know, the more we download that information, you know, the more we can be susceptible to it. Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. Well, hey there, and welcome to another edition of Your Retirement Elevated. Walter Storholt alongside Scott Dugan, co-founder, managing partner, and Elevated Retirement Group, serving you in the KC metro area, but with clients all across the country as well. We're online at listentoscott.com if you want to check out past episodes of the show and more information. Scott, how are you doing this week? I am fantastic, Walter. Happy to be here. Glad to hear that, and uh, looking forward to our conversation today. I was I was flying over you recently, Scott, uh, on my way to uh, vacation in Colorado, or as the locals said, Colorado. Well, you're, you're closer to to that than I usually am. So what 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 do you got? Colorado, Rado. So you do the Rado, Colorado. Okay. Interesting. I think uh, Colorado is if you're uh, coming from the Northeast. Is that uh, or is that like the the Target version of Target? I, I, is I col- believe Colorado. so. You got to be a little hoity-toity <laughs> to say it that way. I can't quite retrain my brain to say Colorado. Uh, it just it keeps coming out as Rado. So I'll have to work <laughs> on that. But we'll let you slide this time. In any event, Scott said he felt uh, he felt a disturbance in the force as I was flying over. So that was yes. uh, good to know that my presence was felt in such ways. <laughs> Very powerful. It's the voice. Well, we got a great show on the way today. It is a topic we have covered before, um, but we're going to cover it in a different way today. Scott, something that you really focus on a lot, not only on this show, but something that you talk to clients about all the time. And it's something that's very present just in the industry. I'm sure you talk about this with your colleagues, other financial advisors, too, is just the news and the benefit that it can have, media in general, but also just how many ways the media can also steer people in the wrong direction and cause confusion, not only in life, but in the financial realm specifically. And so we're going to kind of take the show in that direction today, but you want to look at it from a a more brainiac point of view today, right? I do, and give you a little context, a little historical background of how we may have got to this point. And it really, this revolves around the concept of behavioral investment counseling. And what our clients come to us for is usually they think it's the X and the O's, the investments, those types of things, which are very important. And those are all parts of a solid financial plan. But the most value that we bring is making sure people stick to their plan and don't let the apocalypse du jour get them sidetracked from, you know, staying on course or abandoning the plan or, uh, using, you know, getting too emotional about things. And so today I want to talk about your brain on news. And I thought it was an interesting. So we put together a few things that I think you'll find interesting historically and potentially help you think about uh, how you react to certain information that you receive. And I'm very fortunate. We've got a wide uh, range of clientele. I can tell you, having a conversation with someone, I can pretty much dial in where you're getting your information because I get information from a wide variety of places and I get a lot of things that are distilled down for me from a lot of sources and they, they, uh, I read them that way. One that I will share with the group 
uh, is an app called Ground News. Uh, called Ground News. And maybe we can put a link in the show notes. Okay. But it is an app that shows all the prevailing headlines that are out there. And then it shows, you can pull that up. And then down below, there's little icons that show all the major news outlets. And you click on it, and it shows you the headline and the story. And it rates, and it's not not political at all. The, the site is is not. But it gives you a rating of which way does it lean? Is it more, you know, liberal, progressive, more conservative in the middle? Uh, but it is amazing when you pull up a topic and you just click the buttons and go from news outlet to news outlet. Uh, sometimes it's interesting how different the coverage is. Most of the time it's also eerie how similar the information is from all these different news outlets. And so if we think about your brain on news, you know, your the human brain is wired to crave information that offers a survival benefit. So think information that hints at danger or centers on wrongdoings. And this is because humans evolved in an unsafe and uncomfortable world, and focusing on potential dangers helps us avoid death. But now the world's pretty safe and comfortable, and so much of this old wiring or machinery backfires and constantly obeying our ancient drives to focus on negative can sometimes make us miserable. And I think you know some people uh, potentially in your circle or that you've been around that this is definitely true, that they've, their intake of information has made them negative or cynical and just has really made their lives, you know, just can't enjoy themselves. So if it seems like the news is negative today, that's because it is. And most estimates suggest that about 90% of news is negative. And a recent study found that even brief exposure to negative things have emotional consequences. You know, so, and none of us are, you know, safe from it. You know, the more we download that information, you know, the more we can be susceptible to it. So if we think about how did we get here, if we go back all the way back into the 1800s, there's a gentleman named Benjamin Day, and he had a get-rich idea. And at that time, newspapers, they covered really boring topics like business and politics, you know, things, you know, subjects of the day. And these papers are also very expensive. And doing the research, they're about six cents a copy, which meant that only the rich could afford them. So think about that. Six cents was a big deal back then. So he planned to sell his newspaper for a penny, which that, what does it do? That puts that right smack dab in, in the masses so they could, you know, access it. If we're using a penny, um, selling that low, he couldn't cover his cost. So he goes, hey, I'm going to put this out there. It's going to, everybody can get it. It's a penny, but I'm going to lose money on it. I was like, well, so what do I do? How do I fill the gap? How do I make money on this? So he decided to sell space in his newspaper to businesses. And they could use that space they purchased to inform readers about their products and services, which is to say they could advertise. The thing about advertising is it only works if people see it. And lots of people, the more people who see it, the better it works and the more you can charge for it. And if Benjamin Day could get more people to buy the paper, each square inch of the paper would become more valuable. 
So in that sense, his product wasn't the paper. It was his readers whose eyes he'd sell to the advertisers. More eyes equals more profit from the advertisers. Does so that the, sound the, familiar? The, the customer shifted from being the reader to the businesses. Correct. And the product that he was selling were the eyeballs of the consumer to the advertisers. So there's a great quote that talks about, you know, thinking about social media. If something is free, you are the product. Okay. <laughs> That's a great way to put uh, it. Yeah. Facebook is free because you and your information and your attention is the product. And when he looked at this, you know, he had to get all those eyeballs on him and he knew another uptight newspaper about politics and, and business wasn't going to do it. So he doubled down and really focused on our evolutionary tendency to focus on the negative. So he ran stories about suicides, murders, fights, uh, lovers, spats, high profile court cases, divorces, public disagreements, you name it. So the result in less than a year, he was outselling every other paper in New York and was filthy rich. Crazy, isn't it? The, the original, if it bleeds, it leads. It was discovered yes, right exactly away. that's exactly what it is. So fast forward, nearly 200 years later, here we are. The media still works the same way. It shovels negative information at people. It pursues you and your attention and your eyeballs. If you think about that evolution mechanism, that grabs your attention. Once they have your attention, they sell your attention to the highest bidder. So that's why you see those, oh, I do a little Google search. I'm looking at this thing. And then later on, you're, you're doing a, reading an article, and this little ad pops up for the exact same thing you did a search for. You know, they are following that. They are, they're definitely tracking that information. So if you want to consider the format of this 30-minute nightly news show, essentially goes, hey, for here's 29 minutes of commercials and heinous happenings. And at the very end, oh, let's get this heartwarming story. It's called let's button the, it the all kicker, up. The kicker. Story. The kicker. Yeah. We have, we have depressed you and we've talked about all the things that are wrong all around the world. And here's a puppy and sleep tight. You know, yep, that's, that's yep, kind of, that's kind of how the, the news and I will be candid. I don't watch news. I mean, I, I read a couple hours a day, but I don't watch the news because I know it is designed to get my attention on my eyeballs and it's there to feed me things, information that may make me become emotional and act and purchase something. And so, you know, the reality, you know, is the world as bad as the media portrays it? Is it really 90% bad? Walter, do you think it's really 90% bad? No, definitely yeah, not. It's not. Think about in your community, in your neighborhood, are you experiencing or your friends, family, loved ones, are they experiencing all these awful things that, you know, the media is talking about it's happening everywhere? No, pretty, pretty much not. Whenever I feel like the world's like flying off the handle, with either riots or, you know, just really anything from the, you know, coronavirus and it's all melting down and, and all those negative headlines. 
I just usually will go for a drive, stop in at a store or two, go to the grocery store, go to a restaurant, you know, go somewhere, talk to some people, and it's like, oh, faith in humanity restored. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> this, yeah. good, good no, hardworking people out there. No issues, yeah. and we all got along. It was great. Yeah. And you think about great example here in Kansas City, you, you hear the news talking about unemployment's you know, how bad is people can't find jobs, people out of work. But if you drive around Kansas City, there's four hire signs everywhere. I mean, everywhere. You know, and I know that's, I have a lot of friends around the country, kind of the same thing. So you're right. The world isn't perfect. But if you think about the average person today is anywhere from 40 to 70% less likely to be hungry, illiterate, poor, or died young age, than they were in 1990. So that, that's, that's in our lifetime, Walter, you and I, because we're about the same age. That's an easy jump, yeah. Yeah. So if you think about progress from 18, you know, since 1890 or 1790 and so on, even just 100 years ago, life for most people revolved around breaking your back in a field, you know, heavy manual labor you know, to get things done. And really your focus was how do we gather enough calories not to starve and die? And that's if you didn't die in infancy, which was extremely common. And so even if the negative news we get hit with most often is likely overstated, American politics seems like it's a, just a craziness, you know, all the things that are going on. But you think about it, is it really worse than like the Civil War? And I know I've heard some pundits say, oh, this things that are happening now, we're, we're, this is worse than the Civil War. Uh, I don't know. I think we should probably dust off our history books and read about some of the atrocities that happened, you know, the, the lives that were lost. You're right, though. The impression is that you would have that this is the worst time to be alive or one of the worst times like we've we've regressed incredibly when, in fact, it's still one of the best times to be alive in terms of all these things that are positive and way better than they used to be. Absolutely. The, the metrics are off the chart, but you wouldn't know that um, if you just tuned in to the, you know, the, the news cycle. Because again, you know, that the traditional media is kind of circling the drain and why you're seeing things be so outrageous is because, again, it's about attention. It's about We've all read a headline, go, really? I got to click on that. And then you actually read the article. It's like, wait a minute, that didn't prove that. It actually disproved it. But they got you to click and spend time, which is about ad revenue. You know, and, and you think about what's going on. You know, we've been in a pandemic, what the, the media is focused on. Uh, and you think about, and this is a little fun fact, the media runs... 20 times more headlines about murders than to do heart disease. Yet Americans are roughly 40 times more likely to die of heart problems they are, than they are a homicide. That's, wow. Yeah, 20 times. Okay. Uh, and you think about how off, you know, awful things are purported to be. And again, I, there's always going to be awful things that happen in the world. You know, we've got almost 8 billion people on the planet. Um, it's just the likelihood seems to be getting lower and lower. So again, when you think about, you know, what's going on out there, just remember, you know, media is a business. And if you go back, you know, less than a hundred years ago, there was 50 companies that made up and provided 90% of the media for consumption and distribution. So 50 companies out there today, 
90% of the media is consumed by, or basically controlled by six companies. So from six. 50 to six. 50 to six. So Comcast, Walt Disney, AT&T, Viacom, CBS, Sony, Fox, those are the six companies in our country that produce and control 90% of all the messages that you're watching, reading, listening to in our country. That, wow. That's staggering. Yeah. That's uh, conglomerates, right? Yeah. So if you think about, you know, what do you do? And a lot of this is, you know, fear of missing out. You know, am I missing some information I should probably know? You know, will you? Uh, maybe if you, if you don't, if you dialed back your watching of the, of the news. But really, if you think about what's best for you, your family, it's a balance of, yes, staying informed and be able to talk about things, ideas, you know, things that are going on in the world. Yeah, it's a balance. It's tough. I know, I, I, like I said, I, I don't watch the news, but I read quite a bit and I'm always trying to focus on what's the source of this? How did we get here? What's, can we put this in context? And is the information I'm reading, you know, will it affect me? And if it does, how much does it affect me? Or is it something that's worthless piece of information I just need to discard? So I would say that as a, as a listener to the podcast, we really want to guard our minds and our attention because today's world has so many things being thrown at us, so many things that are pursuing us via our smartphone, via our email, via our text messages. It, again, it's all about giving you a message to get a response, to get you to take action. And that action is usually parting with money out of your wallet. That's what advertising is. It, it's the, they're trying to elicit responses and advertise you to go, oh, you know what? If I go buy this thing, that will fix this problem or get rid of this feeling. So that's, that's the whole game that they're, that's playing again, I'll get off my soapbox, but I thought it was interesting to get a little historical context of how did all this start? Where are we today? And again, it comes back to that whole concept is we don't need more access to information today. We're bombarded with it. What we need is a process to filter out what's myths, misconceptions, what's, you know, financial marketing versus financial science and research. Uh, we need to make sure that we can make good logic-based decisions and not get emotionally wound up by things. Uh, and make we need to understand that things change, things can get volatile, rough, and different. But right now, the sky is not falling. Will we go through ups and downs? Absolutely, we will. And to think about in your lifetime, I've been here almost five decades on this planet. In my adult life, I've seen a lot of ups and downs with the economy. I've seen different uh, election cycles. I've seen different tax cycles. I've seen the markets. So in even my short period of time, I've seen a lot of things happen. Thing is, we're still here. And I know I'm better off. My family is better off. My friends, for the most part, are better off. And our clients are, for the most part, better off, even though we endured things that it seemed like 
this time it's different. It's never going to get better. This time we're never going to get, we can't, we can't improve things. I would say if you look back and realize we have got through it, we are better off and we need to continue to focus on making sure our future is bigger than our past and to enjoy life and get the most out of it that we can. Very good, Scott, and well said. And uh, if you've got questions about anything, you know, we didn't dive deep into finance conversation today, but all of these things, how we perceive the world and the news, and a lot of these things play into our retirements and financial plans. And so if you've got questions about that, maybe something you've seen in the news about the future of Social Security, I don't know, or uh, your 401k and taxes is a big thing because that gets political and has lots of different wrappers and layers of information that can steer you in different directions as well. If you need help deciphering that kind of stuff and figuring out and sorting through it all, Scott and the team, of course, at Elevated Retirement Group can help you do that. Any questions at all about that kind of stuff, reach out. Give a call, 913-393-4724, 913-393-4724, or online at listentoscott.com. Past episodes of the show, more information there for you as well. Scott, appreciate you uh, bringing this topic up, walking us through a good conversation about it. And uh, it's really interesting to look at the history of news and uh, the effect that it has on us. And it's a topic that, you know, every couple of months, I think we have to bring up and talk about because it's also something that's constantly shifting. And so appreciate you doing that on today's show. Absolutely. Well, we will look forward to talking to you again next time. We'll have a good topic on the next episode of the show. In fact, uh, we're going to be talking a little bit about uh, a recent video that came out that was kind of inspiring to Scott. And uh, we're going to talk about our time, that very valuable resource, and how time is undefeated. So we're going to have some more details on that on the next edition of Elevated Retirement Groups, your Retirement Elevated podcast. So come back and join us for that next episode, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.